Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm Laura Stasi, and forget the grumpy get-off-my-lawn stereotype. Studies have shown that as people get older, they get happier. But that doesn't mean it comes naturally or easily, especially if we go through a later-in-life romantic split. That's a permanent course change, and it can lead to emotions that can be very destructive. Anger management, that's the topic of this episode of Dating While Gray, the grown-up's guide to love, sex, and relationships. I first met Bill when we were in high school. We've kept in touch over the years, mainly through social media. He knows I love music and that I've been through some stuff. Bill loves music and he's been through some stuff too. One day he sent me a song that to me sounds angry, but Bill finds it motivational. I think um, heavy metal music is rage in itself, but I think that I find some of the heavy that I listen to, you know, you're just enjoying the workout. You're not even paying t- attention to the lyrics. And I was listening to Pandora, I don't know, iHeartRadio, something, and the song came on, and I was like, I'm going to go home and search those lyrics. So Take Back Your Life by Disturb just became like an anthem, and I actually printed the lyrics um, so that I could read them on more occasions. The lyrics are just... Take back your life. You got to let them know you won't be denied. Take back your life. Time to take it back again. Make it worth reminding yourself. Don't let this moment pass you by. You know, it's just like, don't sit there and watch it fall apart. There is no one coming to save you. You've got to make your stand now. Stop bleeding from a broken heart and take time to let go of what used to be now. I mean, is that not separation, anxiety, divorce, rage, um, with beautiful lyrics. Reading the lyrics separate from the song, it's like, okay, I get it. I think every person that goes through a separation goes through the highs and lows. Um, I've I've hit every mountain and I've hit, hit every valley. And um, some of those valleys have been really, 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 really low. And some of the peaks have been really, really high with some of the changes I made to be a better person and be a better self. Even though we are at an age where people think we can't make changes in our lives, sounds like you've made changes in your life. I have. I really have. I've uh, joined a men's group um, through church. I've uh, attempted to control some really alcoholic depression issues um, by seeking counseling. That has helped tremendously. Um, God bless my dog for getting me up every day to go for a walk. My pity mix is my best friend, and I have uh, tried really hard to be friends with my estranged wife, which at times is really easy and other times is very, very difficult um, because of, you know, 
almost 15 years of marriage. Let's talk a little bit about anger management. What's your relationship history with expressing anger? And has it served you well? My history with it. All right. So when I got divorced the first time, I uh, did triathlons. And my triathlon workouts were my rage against the machine type of situation and trying to get rid of the anger that I had to have to walk away from two beautiful children. But I remained in their lives and did extraordinary things to keep that contact with them. But I find that workouts, music just really helped me. I used to be a really big reader. Lately, based on the health issues I'm going through right now, I can't do a lot of reading. Um, so I do sporadic, like daily devotional type readings, or I see things on Instagram. Either they have a religious tone or don't about making yourself better. So I seek ways to get rid of the rage. Uh huh. And some of the music me and you have shared, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but sometimes the lyrics will just make you smile. Where, you know, as you go through a separation, you'll hear a song and say, oh, wow, that's the song that, you know, me and my ex had. Um, or you hear a song that's brand new out and it makes you cry. Yeah. Um, because you miss your relationship. Or maybe you only miss the good parts of the relationship. I don't know. So it sounds to me like you have always sort of naturally channeled anger in a healthy way. Has that always been the case? No. No. That goes back to like using anger to drink in excess. I am a man. I uh, will admit that I run to a closet. I don't communicate. I don't um, share when everything you read about life and trying to have a perfect partnership is about communications. And sometimes I fail at that. I think I've worked really hard through my entire life to be the best possible person that I can being the oldest son and trying to take care of her brother and a sister and things after mom and dad passed and uh, take care of my kids and just be the best I can. But sometimes it's okay. We're human. We fail. We're not perfect. Yeah. My rage is like, if I come out of my mail closet, it's to go work out, get rid of the rage and then come in and try to be a communicator, try to talk things out no matter how difficult they are. And sometimes they're too difficult to talk about. So, no, I can't say that I'm good at that. I run to a closet, I hide my emotions in there, and I find a way to come out um, on the better end. But sometimes I'm good and sometimes I completely suck. Do you think that played a role in either one of your relationships? Well, I think relationships are two roads. I saw something that says uh, to this couple that was married for 60-something years, and the guy said... Uh, Marriage is not 50-50, it's 100-100. And I, I bought into that because I truly believe it is. So if you're given 100 and your partner is only given 20, there's something wrong. And uh, I don't know how to correct my partner. I'm not supposed to. Um, I'm just supposed to be the, my best self, and sometimes I'm not my best self. So that's all I can really kind of comment about that right now. My parents um, fought like cats and dogs. Then the other side of them was like two people who loved each other more than life itself. So was it life pressures? Was it alcoholism? Was it my dad serving in the military and dealing with all the stress that he dealt with? I spent 30 years working for the federal government, seeing some really horrific things. 
and uh, 9-11 included. I know that I have a little PTSD that's related to digging fire scenes and seeing the worst, as well as being a federal agent and dealing with people who, you know, sometimes are the worst of society. So I think when we talk about rage, I think some of my rage can come from the profession that I chose. Yeah. And the people that helped me grow up. My dad was a full colonel in the United States Air Force. He was a badass. Um, But yes, he had his relationship problems too. So I think family does form you, but I don't think it has to make you. I'm wondering if there was ever a time in your life that you tried to tamp down the anger, like you weren't allowed to express it or even feel it. Oh, absolutely. Through both marriages, I'd get so angry about something and then I would just shut down and kind of run away from it because I didn't want to be like my dad. I didn't want to scream at the top of my lungs. I'm not that guy. I just wasn't going to fight about something that's silly when there's so much more importance in life than an argument about finances, an argument about children. You know, I would shut down because I wasn't going to be like my dad. Yeah, but then shutting down sometimes leads to, like you said, maybe excessive drinking or just, you know, depression sometimes. Did counseling the first marriage, attempted some counseling in the second marriage, but it didn't go well on both parties. There's nobody to blame in that second counseling situation. But my personal counseling, when I got off the, I'm a badass federal agent, I don't need help. Now I was like, hey, man, I'm a man. I'm not perfect. Um, I need help. And so when I did that, I started counseling in um, February and uh, did it almost every week. And it was awesome. It helped me like get rid of my rage and anger towards my wife. It made me look at me instead of looking at her and putting all the resentment and anger towards her. I was saying, hey, man, you, you caused this just as much as she caused this. Um, it's 100-100 of uh, failure. In counseling, I found that I had to look at myself, had to better myself um, by doing all the things to whatever it may be to make myself better. Um, As a man, as a father, as a Christian, as a supervisor over a unit before I had to medically retire, all of that, dealing with people. Have you ever had conversations with your kids now that they're older, your kids and your stepkids about anger, about rage, about expressing emotions. Yes. Due to my medical issues, I had to have one of those uh, life weekend talks with both of my kids, you know, to talk about wills and final arrangements and everything, because my kids kind of thought my strange wife would take care of all that and they didn't have to deal with it. So when we talked about that, I asked them back when me and your mom um, got separated and divorced, what were your anger issues? So we talked about all that getting that all out there, what a beautiful gift you gave them to be able to talk about that. It was sad that it had to be a medical situation, but I think it's something that each and every one of us should do. If it's 10, 20 years down the road, um, your kids need you as much as you need them, and you should offer the opportunity for them to vent, share, and you need to have that open arms of, I can accept anything they say without getting angry or getting rage, um, because it's about love. That's all it's about is about love. And love's hard. Yeah. I, I love that because, you know, love is so many things. Uh, it's, it's a verb. It's a noun. Uh, but it's also hard. <laughs> it's very hard. 
You know, I'm just struck. I feel like uh, I have to ask this question. Do you regret either divorce? The second one, yes. The first one, no. The uh, second one, all right, I'll admit this. As I told you what I do for a living, yeah. I went to a really heavy depression. I worked for five years for the state, and in five years of hundreds of fires and fire investigations, I did some calculations and went back because my counselor asked me, how many do you think you saw? And I went back and calculated that I dealt with over 100 bodies going to bags that were burned up because of fire-related situations. That caught up with me, and I let it catch up with me. I stopped going to church. I stopped doing activities. I started drinking like a fish. My ex started running away from me because she didn't know what to do um, to help me. I think if I would have sought out help four years ago, three years ago, um, while I was in the midst of doing this, I probably could have saved that marriage. At first, when she said she was done, um, man, I had so much rage and anger. Um, But then through growing to myself to be a better person, I have found that I could have done it in the past, but I'm doing it now. Yeah. Um, so that's why I try to have as much kindness as I can to my exes, because it makes my life a lot better to be kind than to uh, rage. Um, and when I have a rage moment that, hey, I miss wife one or two, that I find healthier things to do other than grab a cold beer or a bottle of scotch or whatever it may be. And I find joy in doing things. I've like started doing all sorts of new activities um, that I never did before, such as pickleball, such as disc golf, such as doing more fun things with a dog. I'll take the dog to a bar to watch a sporting event and people love my dog and that brings me joy. So I think you got to find joy where you can find it and not dwell on the fact that, hey, I screwed this up. Yeah, you did. But can you blame the person that left um, because you screwed up? No, you can't. You got to take responsibility that, hey, this is what I did. Accept it and move forward to find new rainbows in life um, because they are out there. Bill also said he's not currently looking for another romantic partner. He's focusing on his family, including his grandkids. They call him Papa and they do crafts together. Last Halloween, they put together a lit up Halloween ghost for the front porch. It was made with a tomato plant cage, a white sheet, and a styrofoam ball. Okay, as someone who is not crafty, I'm seriously impressed. You know, a lot of men and women are groomed to think of anger as a bad thing. But there are times... ...when it shouldn't be denied. That's next. Hormone Harmony is a supplement for women of all ages and all stages of menopause. And it's become a phenomenon. I hear that a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony is by Happy Mammoth, the company dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients like herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors, including hormonal changes that naturally occur throughout a woman's lifetime. They can help alleviate hot flashes, night sweats, and that feeling of being tired all the time. The biggest benefit, feeling like yourself again. 
That's what women mention over and over in the more than 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code DATINGWALLGRAY at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code DATINGWALLGRAY for 15% off today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether we found the one or are still searching, romantic relationships can be stressful sometimes. And I've learned that when I keep my emotions bottled up, it starts to affect me negatively. I know that therapy is a safe space to get things off my chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing me down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, how about giving BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, so it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire so you can get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DatingWhileGray today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DatingWhileGray. For me, getting back out there means sprucing up my date night wardrobe, but I don't necessarily want to have a lot of extra stuff to hang on to. That's why I was happy to find out about Armoire. It's a clothing rental service, and it really takes away the stress about what to wear. For a monthly fee, members get access to high-quality designer clothing for any occasion. Just take a five-minute style quiz to get suggestions, and then pick what you want. The clothes arrive in as little as two days. One of the items I chose is a green v-neck wrap dress that works for both business and pleasure. And here's one thing I really love. Armoire is women-founded and women-led. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash gray. That is armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash dating while gray to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This is what it sounds like inside an event space designed to help people get some rage out. I'm with a woman in her early 50s she works in higher ed. She told me her therapist recommended she get in touch with her anger. So we're throwing bottles and drinking glasses against a concrete wall. I'm happy to lend a hand and a baseball bat. That's us beating up a car. To be honest, it was pretty beat up to begin with. Still, all in all, our mild version of raging felt good. Earlier that day, I sat down with this woman. We're calling her Anne. I wanted to know why Anne's therapist said she needed to get mad. I started by asking Anne what name we should call her former husband. Shall I say the name? (laughs) So I chose Carrington because I feel like it has a certain connotation around being very self-assured, cocky, and other words that I didn't use, that I used with you that weren't very nice. (laughs) Well, we can bleep them, so go ahead and say it. Uh, You know, a cocky (laughs) 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 
Okay, I love yeah. that. And apologies to any actual Carringtons out there who are not cocky a-holes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So what was it about Carrington that drew him to you in the first place? Back in the day, he was kind and creative and funny and attentive and fun and loving and unique. Basically, everything drew me to him in a way that I'd never been drawn to anyone before. Literally the first day of grad school, I saw him and was like, oh, golly. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think I like him. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it was really immediate. And it sounds like from your estimation, he felt the same way about you. Definitely. He had actually seen me a couple of days prior at the school we were attending. I didn't know this. And he had figured out my name and who I was and... He fessed up to that later on. (laughs) So it was it was immediate for both of us, I would say. You know, from the outside looking in, it sounds like you were one of those golden couples and golden families. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was wonderful. I loved our life. So I know hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. Looking back, is there a moment or an incident that you can now point to and go, okay, maybe things weren't as... Mm -hmm wonderful as I thought they were. Probably four or five years ago, we started to have some pretty challenging conversations. And I saw a change in the way he was communicating with me and sort of the expectations he had of me. I thought it was just part of being married and, you know, that we would work through things and we did some therapy. I certainly wasn't particularly worried about anything, but here we are. And I'm again, on hindsight, realizing that in his mind, those things were much bigger than they were to me. And I think they sort of directed his path over the last four or five years in a way that I was unaware of. Okay. And when you say, I mean, I don't want to get too much into your business, but when you say challenging conversations. Yeah, sure. I can give like broad topics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was everything from sort of money issues to how we communicate about the children, how we approach life, frankly, like he is way more adventurous than I am. I have some pretty significant anxiety, but have since the day I met him and we've always talked about it, but it became a much bigger issue for him. And again, I'm understanding now that for him, it was something that he didn't think we could get past. And I never questioned that we could get past it if we worked together. Right. And was he bringing these things up or was he responding in a way that you thought, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? It was some of both. So he would get mad about, let's say we had an argument about the kids wanting to do something and one of us was okay with it and the other wasn't. So he would get angrier than I would expect, I think, yeah, about that. But then the other way in which it was sort of coming out and, and manifesting was I would think things are going fine. And then we would be in a conversation and, frankly, he would just look at me with disdain. (sighs) And that really crushed me, of course. And I wasn't going to stand for it. You know, I have, thankfully, a good self-worth. And and so I challenged him on it. And that's when we really went into some really deep therapy a couple years ago. And it became clear that he was done. He was done. Um, Almost like before we even started talking. So, yeah. So that was rough. He started saying things in therapy like, I don't see a way forward. You know, 
if we were dating, we'd be broken up. So I obviously was getting some big clues. And then, and I said, listen, I am committed. I, I simply don't believe these are things that, that should end our marriage after all we've been through together, all we've experienced, all we've built. Let's keep working. And again, it became very clear that he had decided in his mind that it wasn't going to work. And I said, I am not going to be the one to end this marriage. If you want it ended, you have to do it. And so a couple months down the road, finally, he's like, we have to make this decision. I'm like, you tell me. And essentially, he did. He wanted it to come from both of us. And I kept saying, this is not from me. Yeah, this is you. And, and and then that gets challenging with kids and stuff and wanting to respect them and knowing what a shock it was going to be to them. Oh, sure. They had no idea. No, it's hard. No it's, I mean, I feel for you so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> a lot you. of us stay in for the too long yeah. because it's like, what is this going to do to our yeah. kids? Do you think that he agreed to go to therapy because he wanted to work it out? Or do you think he went to therapy as a way to figure out how to tell you he wanted out? Definitely the second definitely the second. He was done. And I was clear as we were going into therapy that I wanted to go in to strengthen our connection, refine intimacy and passion in whatever we do. You know, we were looking at being empty nesters. And I saw an opportunity in front of us, like, let's do therapy and let's get better than ever. And he was very clear that he was doing therapy so we'd both be okay. Okay. How, not to be judgy, but how, what's the word? Condescending. Carrington, Mm. stop being so (laughs) condescending. (laughs) I didn't pick up on it at all. I was, my thought process was, oh, I'm so thankful he wants us both to be okay. Several months in, finally, I was like, oh, you're not talking at all about improving our marriage. You want us to be okay when we're split up. Okay. Now I have to ask another question Mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody's asking. Mm -hmm. Do you think there was somebody else involved? I didn't at all think that. He said there wasn't. He promised me those years that we were having the trouble that he would be faithful to me. And I believed him. Looking back and knowing sort of his situation now... I believe he he knew somebody, met somebody, something that caught his interest. I think he was physically faithful to me, but I wonder if he was emotionally faithful because the pace at which they started dating after our separation, not even our divorce, was very quick. I'm really sorry because I know that's very hurtful. Thank you. Yes. During the time you were separated, did you think you all were going to get back together? No, he was done. He When we separated, he said, let's work hard to wrap up our divorce by July. So we separated in January, and he wanted to be done by July. And I was very much in shock about everything at that point and very bewildered that this was happening. And I was sort of, I literally was like, okay, fine. So I just kind of did the things I needed to do to work toward that. And then things got a little complicated with our, you know, separation agreement and all that stuff. So it was longer, but he very much wanted it to happen as quickly as possible. And what were your emotions during this time? Oh, I, like I said, I was bewildered. I 
only in the last month realized I spent the last year and a half or a little over a year in shock. And, and what that looked like was me just like putting one foot in front of the other and at times pretending not like things were fine, but like my life could go on like normal. And now I realize that was naive, but of course I'd never been through a divorce before. So I only knew what I knew. I was devastated. I was terribly heartbroken, crying all the time, yet trying to be strong for the kids. Try, you know, I continued working. I continued trying to do stuff with friends, knowing somewhere in my mind that that was the right thing to do. After, you know, these many months of just a kind of almost being like a zombie and putting one foot in front of my of the other, my therapist was like, Anne, you are in a grief process. It is real. Everything you're experiencing is completely appropriate. And this is going to take time. And the complete heartbreak and crushing pain that you're feeling is unfortunately part of that. I think people who are on the other side of it understand there comes a point where, like my sister explained it to me once, in your mind, you will shut the door and you'll be able to go on. And for me, shutting the door meant realizing we are not getting back together. And then I was able to go forward. But for me... Going forward also meant being really mad and doing some really kind of embarrassing things all in the name of anger, rage, you know, just fury that who is this person to be treating me like this? It was funny how many people, all of my friends, several of my family members would say, aren't you so angry? And I would just say, no, I'm just devastated. You know, ang- anger isn't something I'm feeling. And so again, I talked to my therapist about it and she just said that it was something that likely would come and that I might have to work to tap into it. Sure, I have moments where I will cuss his name up and down and left and right to my friends when I'm talking about things that happen yeah. or conversations that we have, but it's very momentary, again, almost 18 months after the separation, it's starting to come up a little bit more. (laughs) But for so long, it was weird. It was almost like I felt guilty because I'd spent 30 years almost loving him and wanting to protect him. I tend to be a person who, if I get frustrated, unfortunately, I tend to be that person who ends up crying keeping a lot in, reflecting later and having really angry conversations in my head, (laughs) but not very often letting it out. I am more, I am definitely a feeler and I do wear my emotions on my sleeve, but they tend to be in the joy department and happiness and love and connection and kindness. And then if I get angry or frustrated, they're much more confined, Mm -hmm. condensed. I think is the word. Contained. Contained. Thank you. That's the word. Hidden? I don't think so. I I um, am the daughter of a wonderful cusser. <laughs> and so I love to drop a good <laughs> F-bomb. Okay. I want you to let loose the F-bomb. Okay. You, Carrington. Did that feel good? It felt great. <laughs> okay. Anne wears a necklace that says, keep going. And she is. She believes she has some emotional work still to put her marriage and Carrington 
fully behind her. But she's finally feeling excited about her future. She's even thinking about dating. And since I believe the F-bomb can be equally valid for anger and for excitement, I say, f*** yeah. Dating While Gray's audio production and mix is by Steve Lack Audio. For more on the show, check out datingwhilegray.com. That's where you can find the latest episodes, plus the archive of previous episodes. You can also find links to send me questions, comments, tips, and true stories through email and voicemail. You know I love hearing from you. While you're there, sign up for the free Dating While Gray e-newsletter delivered every Friday to your inbox. That's datingwhilegray.com. I'm Laura Stasi. Thanks for listening. ABC's The Bachelor franchise has come a long way since it started over 20 years ago. I'm scared that the girls, when they find out, will hate me forever. Do you want to be back with her? I want to see if there's that possibility. Are you kidding me? You don't think that I'm intelligent enough to see through you. You're friggin' hilarious. He just jumped the fence. Do you think you're genuinely ready to marry a 36-year-old man? But after all the tears, fights, and hookups, The Bachelor is slowing things down and going old school. He posts his thirst traps in a leather-bound album. His DMs have postage. He gets the early bird special anytime he wants. That's right, a 72-year-old, quote, patriarch from Indiana, Gary Turner, is our newest bachelor. And 22 women, all of them aged 60 or over, are hoping this widowed father of two is their next great love. This journey, to use a word that Bachelor Nation loves so much, is going to be recapped every week by myself, Slate senior producer Shayna Roth, and Laura Stasi, host of the Dating While Gray podcast. Join us while we dish on the dates, the antics, the romance, and find out if Gary finds love and a partner in pickleball. I love to play pickleball. I like to play pickleball. 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 I love pickleball. I bought my pickleball with me. I hope Gary's ready for it. Check out our Golden Bachelor recap series in the Waves feed every Friday morning. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.